It's a Sunday in the late spring of 1152. We're in a cathedral in Poitiers. There's a young man restlessly pacing, waiting for his bride. He's 19, stocky and red-headed, with pale skin and freckles. His late father was a count and his mother was, for a time, the Empress of Germany, though you wouldn't guess it to look at him. He's scruffy, he's bow-legged, he can't be bothered with pomp and ceremony, he has a wicked temper, and even when he's chilled, he's almost impossibly restless, a fidget who can't sit still for a minute. Even waiting for his bride is probably getting on his nerves, though he knows she's worth waiting for. This young man is Henry Plantagenet. That name comes from his father, Geoffrey Plantagenet, who died last year. In life, Geoffrey wore a sprig of yellow broom blossom in his hair. The plant's Latin name is Plantagenister, and so the Plantagenet brand was born. In 1152, Henry is one of the most eligible young men in Western Europe. From his father, he's inherited the right to rule a big chunk of northern and central France. Through his mother, he has a claim to be king of England, and now he's about to marry Eleanor, the 28-year-old Duchess of Aquitaine. She's a great catch in her own right, ruler of a vast province that covers pretty much the entire southwestern quarter of the realm. Their wedding has been organised in secret and fast. As we heard last episode, Eleanor has just divorced the French king, and she's taken Aquitaine with her as part of the settlement. That makes her hand such a valuable prize that noblemen, including Henry's own little brother, have been out with their henchmen trying to kidnap her. But she's dodged them and chosen Henry. Once she escaped from the French court, she wrote to him, asking him to ride 200 miles to her headquarters in Poitiers and marry her. Her letter reached him on April the 6th. It was an offer too good to refuse. Which is why he's here, six weeks later, in her capital, her cathedral, her backyard, to seal the deal. It's May the 18th, Whit Sunday, a high holiday when medieval Christians take a week off work to mark the day when the Holy Spirit descended from heaven to Christ's followers. Well, that and a big old party as well. And it must feel to Henry that the Almighty has shone on him too. If he can marry Eleanor without royal ex-husbands or amorous teens interrupting their plans, he'll be the most powerful nobleman in France. If all his other plans come off, including an invasion of England, which is a big if, there'll be no one in the whole of Western Europe who can touch him. I'm Dan Jones, and from Something Else and Sony Music Entertainment, this is History. A dynasty to die for. Episode 2. Power Couple. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Last time, we were introduced to Eleanor of Aquitaine, 
and she's going to continue to be at the centre of this story as it unfolds. But today, we're going to spend a bit of time meeting the other half of this medieval power couple, Henry. The family they create will go on to rule for more than three centuries, shaping language, law, landscape, and leaving a trail of destruction and chaos as they do so. Henry's the founder of the dynasty. He's the Plantagenet OG, a formidable politician and ruler who controls huge swathes of Western Europe, ruling with a positively manic energy and drive. He was a shrewd, uncompromising, sometimes plain lucky king, who terrified and delighted those around him in equal measure. Although today he's not as well known as, say, Henry VIII or Queen Victoria, he was every bit as influential as either of them. Henry was a wild child. He made his first attempt to invade a country when he was just 14 years old, which went about as well as you'd expect. It's a pretty great story. If you want to know more about it, join me on this week's subscriber episode, where I'll be breaking it all down. Anyway, Henry didn't calm down much from that point on. When he wasn't invading places, he could be enormous fun. The chronicles are bursting with stories about him drinking abbots under the table and pranking stuck-up courtiers. The one trait everyone who met him remarked upon was his relentless energy and his inability to keep still. One man, Walter Mapp, who served at Henry's court, wrote that he was always on the move, travelling in unbearably long stages, merciless to the household that accompanied him, perpetually wakeful and at work. Mapp said Henry was also a great connoisseur of hounds and hawks and most greedy of that vain sport and claimed that the reason the king was so keen to spend his whole time on the go was that he was afraid that if he slowed down or took too much rest, he would get fat. But there was a dark side to Henry as well. As we'll hear later on this season, he was capable of flying into white rages that led to his closest friends being murdered and his nearest and dearest imprisoned for years. Before we get to that, though, let's backtrack to the moment Henry and Eleanor first met. Because their wedding day wasn't the first time they'd seen each other. They'd met once, nearly a year before, at the French court, when Eleanor was still Queen of France and Henry was an 18-year-old with a twinkle in his eye. The first thing to ask is what Henry was doing at the French court in the summer of 1151. The short answer is making peace with Louis VII and getting him, as King of France, to agree that Henry was the rightful Duke of Normandy. Louis had been pretty reluctant to do that because for many years, Henry and his dad Geoffrey, the man with yellow flowers in his hair, had been growing their power in central and northern France. What was more, Henry claimed to be the rightful King of England through his mother, whom we'll meet in more detail in the next episode. The thought of one person controlling England, Normandy and Anjou worried Louis a lot, and rightly so. But Henry, with the backing of his father, had browbeaten Louis into a deal, pointing out that since there was no way the French king's armies could defeat him in Normandy, he'd be better off taking a truce or suffering the consequences. We might speculate that Queen Eleanor watched all this negotiation going on and was impressed, even if she wasn't surprised, when someone got the better of her husband. We might also hazard a guess that Eleanor was already planning for life after Louis, and that she figured an alliance with Henry, teenager though he was, 
would be the best way to safeguard the interests of Aquitaine. After all, his county of Anjou butted directly up against Aquitaine's borders. That gave them both a clear interest in an alliance, which would keep the peace. Or to put it another way, all the things that worried Louis about Henry Plantagenet struck Eleanor as rather attractive, so she could look past his bandy legs and scruffy appearance. And when the divorce from Louis finally happened, Henry was top of her list of husbands. Did they make a formal pact in 1151 that predated their marriage? A tacit understanding? A wink and a nod? I don't know, and nor does anyone else. But what we do know is how it worked out. What I love about history is not just that it's full of amazing stories, but that these stories tell us so much about how we got where we are today. And if you're listening to This Is History, you probably agree. So that's why I'm pleased to recommend a podcast I think you'll love, Throughline from NPR. On every episode, the hosts take a story from the news and go back in time to where it started to answer one important question. How did we get here? Episodes take you on unexpected journeys through all kinds of subjects, like what history might have smelled like, where credit scores came from, and how China became a global superpower. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed, giving you a valuable perspective on a world that doesn't always seem to make sense. Listen now to Throughline from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Fast forward to where we started. The 18th of May, 1152, the day that kicked off the Plantagenet dynasty. Henry and Eleanor's wedding. Eleanor does indeed arrive safely to the small secretive ceremony, to the relief of her impatient husband-to-be. It's such a small ceremony. One chronicler writes, slightly sniffily, that it's rather shabby, considering the rank of the happy couple. But like so much in Henry's life, this wedding is all business. It's about power first and romance second. And huge swathes of land are even easier to fall in love with than beautiful divorcees. When Eleanor arrives in the cathedral and the marriage rites are performed and celebrated, the last thing anyone's thinking about is whether there might have been a bigger party. When Eleanor and Henry walk out of the cathedral in Poitiers, they are husband and wife. It's a union that will be very fruitful by medieval standards, with seven surviving children. But in time, Eleanor and Henry will become mortal enemies, with Eleanor hell-bent on bringing Henry's reign to an end. But for now, the pair are happy, perhaps even giddy about the future. Eleanor's Aquitaine is now joined to Henry's own sizeable French territories. Between them, they now control more of France than Louis VII does. The only thing that Louis has which they don't is a crown, but Henry has a plan for that. If you remember, when Eleanor sent for him to come and marry her, he was in Normandy, plotting to invade England. Once the couple are married, he gets right back to it. Having spent enough time with Eleanor in the second half of 1152 to A. go on a whistle-stop tour of Aquitaine, announcing who its new rulers are and smashing up defiant cities, and B. get his new wife pregnant, by 1153, Henry is back in full invade England mode. He wants to depose the reigning king, his cousin Stephen, 
and make good on his own claim to the crown, inherited through his mother. You see, manic energy. In fact, as his new subjects get to know Henry, they start muttering that this guy seems like he's barely even human. There's a lurid story that starts whipping around. The rumour goes that Henry is quite literally descended from the devil. It's said that somewhere in his family history there was a countess, more fair of face than faith, who was known to never stay in a church to see mass being celebrated. She would always make her excuses and leave, until one day she ended up stuck in a church, unable to escape the sight of the bread and wine of Christ's body and blood being prepared. When that happened, she turned into a demon, slipped out of her clothes and flew out of the church window, as you do. As a historian, I do have a few questions about some of those details, but the story gives you an idea of what people thought of Henry as they got to know him. He spends the winter of 1152-3 making preparations to cross the channel and waiting for the weather to be calm enough for sailing. By mid-January, he's ready. He and Eleanor travel to Rouen, the capital of Normandy, where Henry introduces his new wife to his mother, Matilda. The women stay together in Rouen. Henry weighs anchor from the Norman coast in the first days of 1153. If everything goes to plan, the next time he sees Eleanor, he aims to be a king. But it's a big risk. Winter crossings of the Channel have claimed the lives of Henry's relatives well within living memory. So to attempt one, you have to be desperate, or brave, or drunk. That's next time on This Is History. If you're craving more Plantagenet drama now, I've got you covered. Join me on This Is History Plus, where every week I reveal the weird details, fun facts and fascinating subplots we don't have time for in the main story. This time we're going to talk more about Henry's slightly embarrassing teen invasion of England, as well as exploring medieval marriage proposals, just what was in Eleanor's letter. And on top of that, as a subscriber, you'll get all our episodes ad-free. Just visit This Is History on Apple Podcasts and click Try Free at the top of the page to start your free trial today. Or visit thisishistorypod.com to get access wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, if you're enjoying the show, please do give us a rating or review. It's a great way to support us and help new people find the podcast.